Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. The scripture that we're going to open up with is Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And it reads this. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. And with his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. See, this is at the beginning of the church. This is uh, right after Jesus has gone back to heaven, and, and he's given the apostles the the Holy Spirit to start the early church. And so there's a lot of momentum right now. There's a lot of momentum in the church. And, and there's people who are literally selling their houses and selling their property. And they're just giving it to the church. And, and, um, and so this is uh, Ananias and Sapphira. And this is the uh, mistake they make. But they said the property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. But how could you do a thing like this? For you weren't lying to us but to God. And as soon as, these, as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young man got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. I guess nobody told her, huh? Everyone was too scared to tell her. And Peter asked her, what is the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are, are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message and say it strongly. Say, no holding back. No holding back. Let's pray, let's pray tonight. Father, we give you full control over this service. Uh, Father, we just welcome in your presence. We just welcome in your Holy Spirit uh, to open up our minds, to, to open up our hearts to you, Father, that, uh, that you communicate what you want to be communicated tonight, Father, that we're not uh, following a program, but we're following your spirit, God. We're, we're not putting any cap on you, Father, but we're giving you full reign over this service, Father. So just let your, your, your son reign in this place and, and speak and touch hearts tonight. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Amen. So uh, it, it's a week until Christmas, right? Next week is the 25th, and um, it had me thinking of, of 2019, right? It's always when you get to the end of something that you start thinking about the beginning of something. Right, so uh, I'll st- I started to think about what my mindset was this time last year and what I was going through this time last year and looking how much my life has changed in a matter of a year. And every year for the past three or four years or so, um, I've been going into uh, a new year with like a, like a new phrase or a new word, you know, that's something that will be like a focus for that year. And a few years ago, my focus was devotion. I said, you know what, I'm going to be devoted to Jesus. And, and that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to be consistent, like, you know, always reading my Bible. And, and then the next year was consistency because then I realized I wasn't that consistent. So I knew what, 20, 2018 was consistency. So I was trying to be more consistent. Um, and in 2019, when I was, like, praying, I was like, God, oh, what do you want me to focus on 2019? 
And uh, I felt Jesus tell me for this to be the year of risk, of risk, of taking the risk, of stepping out by faith. And, and so that's what I did. I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So 2019, I'm going to tell you, it's been crazy, but I've been stepping out by faith. And, and as a lot of y'all know, I've gotten engaged in 2019. I'm getting ma- ready to get married in a couple months. But what I realized uh, during 2019 and me trying to take that step of faith, trying to step out my comfort zone and take that risk is, is that our minds are programmed to avoid things that are uncomfortable. Did you know that? Did you know our minds are like they, they are programmed to when we do something and we step into the unknown, they are programmed for us to get back right into our comfort zone. And so it makes it hard for us to try new things because when you try to do something new, your brain tries to get some data on that or, or try to go into memory brain. And when your brain realizes this is something new, it says, oh, no, don't do that. We don't know what's going to happen. The brain says we have no recollection of what could happen if you take that chance. And, and so that's why a lot of us, we, we, we don't take risk. It's, it's because our brain tells us it's not safe. And um, has it ever happened to you where you're, like, so excited about something, but you sit back and then you think about it for five seconds, you realize, oh, that's not a good idea? Ever thought about like your brain like pulls you back in, like uh, you see that person. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. If you see that person who just is told that you know their wife is pregnant, they're like, "Oh yes, that's awesome." Then you're like, "Oh no," you know what I'm saying? So it's like they start thinking of all these things. And how it's kind of happened to me is, you know, I'm getting married. And I'm like that's awesome. And I'm thinking like, "Oh wait, bills and you know, adulthood and all these things that right are new that I've never experienced." And so what I realize is that. Sometimes our, our need, our, our instinct to survive, it keeps us from our own success. Our, our instinct to, to stay in our comfort zone keeps us out of where God wants us to be. I think this is what happened to that, the story we just read with Ananias and Sapphira. You see, these were two, this, this was a couple who are seeing some miracles, some crazy works of God going on during the early church. They, they have just heard how Jesus has risen and how he is the king of kings and Lord of lords and how if you believe in him and if you are baptized that you'll, you'll go to heaven with them. And so they're seeing all this momentum and they're so excited about it and they see all these people giving away everything to the church. And so they said, you know what, I want to be one of those people. So they talk among themselves and they, they were wealthy and so they sold everything they had and they were about to give it to the church. But then I think something happened. I think something in the back of their mind, like it happens to us sometimes, says, oh, what, what, up? What, what if it doesn't work out? Right? What, what, what if you go all out for this and, and things don't work out? What then? And so I think they were about to go all out for Jesus, but then, then something in the back of their mind told them not to. And so they said, you know what? We have a plan. We, we'll say we're, we're fully committed, but we have some put away for ourselves just in case. If it doesn't work out, we have something to fall back on. And I think with that... What they didn't realize was that, that secret, their, their, their instinct to survive, their instinct to create a safe landing spot in case things didn't work out, kept, kept them from stepping into what God wanted them to do. I think that's happened in their life. They're, they were holding back from Jesus. You see, and, and they soon realized that that secret that they were keeping from, from the church, from, from God, or what they thought were keeping from God, that, that pretty soon that secret, right, it led to a sin, and that, and, and that secret was pretty, pretty soon made known to everybody, right? And, 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 they, and they realized that they made a big mistake, and that was the last mistake, unfortunately, that they would make. 
You see, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to live this life scared of tomorrow. I don't know about you. I don't want to live this life afraid of what might happen. I don't want to live, I don't want to step in 2020 saying I just want to stay in what I know. I want to live a life saying, God, I'm not holding anything back. Because see, what happened at Nice and Safari was that, yes, they were holding back money, but sometimes we can do the same thing. Maybe it might not be holding back money, but we can be holding back some belief. We could be holding back some faith, some trust in God, because we're saying, what if this doesn't work out with Jesus? What then? And so the enemy convinced us to hold back some of our belief, to, to hold back some of our faith. And what we don't realize is that when we're holding things from, back from God, we're actually stealing from the Holy Spirit. Because there's purpose that could be going on in our lives, but they're not happening because we're holding back. There's, there's somebody in your world who, who God wants you to speak to them, but, but because you're holding back, it, the Holy Spirit's not able to do that. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to hold back from Jesus anymore. I want to live 2020 not holding back. All right, I want to get to heaven, and when I see and I step into and I see the gates of heaven, I don't want Jesus to, to welcome me and say, say, good job, Caleb, but there was so much more you could have done. Right? There, there was so much more opportunity, so much more things I had for you, but because you didn't want to step outside your comfort zone, you, you know, there were so many things left. I, I want to step into heaven, Jesus looking at me and say, good job, my good servant, right? my good and faithful servant, because you left it all on the court, right? You didn't hold nothing back, right? There was days where you stepped out by faith and you could have stayed in your comfort zone, but you said, you know what, I'm going to trust Jesus more than I trust myself. Amen? Forgive me if my voice is a little scratchy. So what we're going to talk about is, is we're not going to hold back anymore. And what are some things that we need to give up, right? What are some things that we need to give up to Jesus that are holding us back? Things that we need to give up to Jesus that are holding us back. So we're going to look at Matthew 26, 39. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. And, and it says this, and it's, and it is, this is Jesus. He is in the garden. He is hours away from the crucifixion, from, uh, from being beaten for our sins and, and from defeating death, hell, and the grave. He knew what he has to do, and, he, and he's praying to God right now. And he, and he says, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground praying. He said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done not mine. See, the first thing that we got to give up is that we got to give up our control. We got to give up our control. See, even Jesus knew he had to give up control. Even Jesus in that garden was looking at what he had to take on, was looking at what he had to go through for us. And even him said, you know what, Father, if it was up to me, I wouldn't do this, but not my will, your will be done. And he gave up control to, G to, to God. Who's thankful he did that? Who's thankful that he did that? Because giving up control is the most sacrificial, giving up control is the ultimate form of trust. When you give your control up to, up to God, that's the ultimate form of trust because what you're saying, you're saying, Father, I trust you more than I trust myself. And that's a hard place to put yourself in because it's a scary place sometimes. Because when you give all control, all reins over to Jesus and say, you know what, Father, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm following after you anyways. That's the ultimate form of trust that we can give to God. 
And you see, when we, when we give God control, what we're doing is that we move all limits off our life. We, we remove all limits off our life when we finally give God full control. But here's the thing. We cannot operate, right, at the, at the, same, at the same pace and the same ways that God can operate, right? And so that the longer that we try to control everything ourselves is the longer that we are limited. It's the longer that we stay in the same place. But as soon as we say, Father, you know what? I'm going to give you full control. That is when all limits is taken off of our life. You see, when we give God full control, he will bless us in ways that we never dreamed of being blessed. Right? When, when we give God full control, he will do things that were outside of our capabilities because we're, why, if, if we could do things that God could, we wouldn't need God, right? But that's why, why we have to give God control because only God can do what God can do. Amen? And so a lot of times the number one thing, right, that is holding us back, the number one thing that is holding us back from, from where God wants us to be is our own selves, right? It's our own decision making. It's our own it's our own attitude to try to control every aspect of our lives. You see, in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 through 26, it says this. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? You see, as soon as... If, if, what Jesus is saying is if you try to take control of your life, right, you're going to lose it in this world because we don't know the big picture of what's going on. If we try to take control and if we try to take the wheel and we try to make every decision mandated in our own minds, we're going to lose control and we're going to spiral out of this world. But he said if we lose ourselves, right, if we, if, if, he said if we try to hang on to our, our life, we will lose it, right? If we try to hold on to things, we're going to lose them. Right, so what, what are some relationships right now that we're holding on to? What, what are some bitterness that we're holding on to? What are some things that we're holding on to and we're not willing to give them up to God, to give full control to God? We're, we're holding on to things deep down. And what God is trying to say, the longer you hold on, right, the more you're going to lose. The longer you hold on to that relationship that is, is eating away at your soul, the more you're going to lose. The longer you hold on to that anger, right, that is blinding your path, the longer, right, the more you're going to lose yourself, the, the more you're going to lose your direction. See, what are the things that we are holding on to that is keeping us from our peace? What are some things that we're, we're, that, that we're holding on to that is keeping us away from our calling where God wants us to be? I believe there are, there, there are things that if we just said, Father, I'm giving you control now, you see things to totally make a 180. Because I learned as, with, with, with relationships, right, God is way better at relationships than I am. I learned the sooner that you realize that God relationships are way better than world relationships and that all there is is hurt if you're not connected with God. And if you say, you know what, Father, I'm not so much focused on trying to find the right person. I'm more focused on trying to find you. Amen. When you do that and you say, God, I give you full control over my relationships, you're going to start seeing your relationships, right, come into order. Because if you don't give God control, right, how can God bless it, right? If you don't give God control over your relationships, over your mind, over your day, how can God show you where to go and what to do? See, the quickest way to step out of your calling is to try and take control of it. What I've learned and on this path and what I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to say, Father, let me never get to a place where I think I got it now. 
right? Father, never let me get to the place where you say, hey, you know what, Jesus, thank you for bringing me this far. Give me the wheel now. I think I can handle it now. Let me put it in cruise control, right? right? I never want to reach that place. I want to say, Father, every day I want to give you even more control every day. Every day I want to give more over to you. I want to hold nothing back, amen? You agree with me tonight? I want to get to this place where I'm saying, Father, you have full control over my calling. There's never going to be a time where I think I have made it. There's never going to be a time where I say, you know what, Father, give me the controls back. I want, I want Jesus to be in full control from now until I see him in heaven. Amen? Amen? So the first thing that we got to give up, we got to give up our control. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, where it reads this, it says, and this is, this is the Hebrews, they have come to this mountain called Sinai, and this is the mountain where they have received the Ten Commandments, and, and this is where they've seen God, where they felt God, and, and this where it reads in 6 through 7, it says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough, it is time to break camp and move on. The second thing that we got to give up, right, to stop holding things back, we got to give, give up our comfort. We have to give up our comfort. Because let me tell you, where God is calling you is never where you are comfortable, right? Your calling never takes place in your comfort zone. Amen? Amen? See, God is always going to take us to places that is pushing us constantly outside of what we know. It's constantly, God is constantly going to be trying you pushing you, making you grow, making you understand more. But who agrees with me? If when you get on the journey with Jesus, it's a journey of growth. Amen? It's never a journey of staying in the same place. Right? It's a journey. And so we have to give up our comfort. We have to say, Father, you know what? I'm giving up my comfort for, for you, and I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. You see, like how the Hebrews, some of us have gotten comfortable on a mountain, right, that was never meant to be our last, last journey, right? We, some of us have gotten comfortable on a mountain that was meant to just be a lookout, not our last stop. But like the Hebrews, we started, to, we, we started to make camp and stayed there a little longer until finally, you know, God told the Hebrews, hey, you've been here long enough, get up and move on. Because what if the Hebrews would have stayed at Mount Sinai forever, right? They would have never entered the promised land, right? And so the enemy will try to convince us. One of the number one lies is, is that the enemy will try to convince us that it is better to be comfortable than to be in your calling. He will try to say, hey, everything is comfy and cozy and it feels right and it feels good. Why even step out of what's going on right now, right? Why, why even take that chance on Jesus, right? Like risk, we were talking about like the, like the risk. Why even take that risk on Jesus? It's so comfortable and cozy right now. Why, why would you even try to step into something new? And what happens is that we stay in that comfort zone, right? And, so, and what happens when we stay comfortable for too long, right? What happens? We fall asleep, right? When we stay in our comfort zone for too long, we fall asleep. And before we know it, years have passed by of our life. And we say, what? I've been in the same spot for a decade. Or I've been in the same place spiritually for years because I've fallen asleep at the wheel. And so that the enemy's number one tactic is try to make us be satisfied for what's comfortable and not for our calling. And try to make us stay where we're at. And, so what, and what people get confused by 
is that they confuse their comfort zone for God's peace. They, they say, Caleb, my life is comfortable right now. It's, it's cozy. It's everything is easy. It, this must be what God's peace feels like, right? Because it's, 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 it's easy. It's, it's, it's fun and it's comfortable. And, and so they say, hey, this must be God's peace. So they stay there. And then all of a sudden years pass by and they don't step into their dreams or, or into their calling that they thought they would. And they, they look at God and say, God, what happened? I thought I was following your peace. But see, Scripture says that God sends his peace to what? To, to comfort us, right? But how can he send our peace, his peace to comfort us if we're already comfortable? See what I'm saying? So people get confused, and so they're in their comfort zone, and they confuse it for God's peace, but that's not God's peace. You're just cozy, right? That's not God's peace. What God's peace really is is when you step outside of your comfort zone, amen, and all things, although things don't look perfect, right, and although things are kind of trying, God sends his peace in that moment, and you feel like God is with you, right? And you can say, although I walk through the shadow, the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil. Why do we say that? It's because we feel God's peace even when we're in the middle of chaos. That is God's peace. That is where God's peace comes from. And that's when you can step outside of your comfort zone and do things that you never thought you could do. It's because God's peace is with you in the unknown, in, in where you've never been before, following after Jesus. That is God's peace. Come on, give, give Jesus a hand clap. You see, but what Arias and Sapphira, what they wanted, they, what Arias and Sapphira both wanted is that they wanted to be both comfortable and committed. You can't have both. They, they wanted to be both comfortable and committed. They both wanted to be fully all out for Jesus, but also have a safe landing pad if, something, if, if it doesn't work out. But that, that, you can't have both, right? We have to choose what, do, do I want to be committed to Jesus or do I want to be comfortable where I'm at? Do I want to be committed to Jesus or do I want to be comfortable where I'm at? You see, and a lot of times we, we, what we try to do is we try to do both at the same time where we say, you know what, Father, I, I'm, I'm stepping into you a little bit, but I'm also a little bit into, into on this side as well in, in the world and this. So that way, you know, if, if this doesn't work out, I'm still good over here. If that doesn't work out, I'm still good over here. So, so what, what happens is that we're committed to nothing, right? And if you're not committed to anything, you'll fall for anything, amen? So what Ananias and Spire try to do is that they try to be both committed and comfortable at the same time, but you can't do that. You got to choose. And I, I want us, I want us to choose to be committed to Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, to be all out for Jesus means that we have to give up our comfort zone. We have to give up our comfort zone, and it's scary because when you go all out for Jesus and you're committed, right? What are you saying, right? What are you saying when when you commit yourself in in, in marriage? What are you saying? You're saying there is no plan B, right? That's what you're saying. You're saying when you commit yourself, you're saying there is no other, there is no, no safety net. There is no plan B. And when you commit yourself to Jesus and say, God, you're my one and only plan, what are you saying? You're saying, I'm going with you no matter what. But you see, if you try to be committed and comfortable at the same time, as soon as things get hard, what are you going to do? You go straight back to your comfort zone, right? As soon as things get difficult, as soon as you get a pushback and you say, oh, good thing I had a landing pad. And you go back to your comfort zone, right? Right? 
But when you're fully committed to Jesus and things start getting hard, what are you going to do? Say, Father, there is no going back, right? There's nowhere else I can go. I'm fully committed to you. And although things seem difficult, I'm going to hang on even more because there is no safety net, right? If I, if I let go of you, I have nothing because I'm fully committed to you. And that's what it takes to get to your purpose is to be fully committed to him. Amen. Y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? I'm almost, I'm almost finished. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says this. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. The third thing that we have to give up, we have to give up our conclusion. We have to give up our conclusion. What does that mean? Imagine, imagine thinking that the outcome that we have come up with our limited, finite brain is a better outcome that God has come up with his unlimited, infinite, all-knowing right, thought, right? Imagine, imagine us thinking that our dreams are bigger than God's or better than God's dreams, right? But that's what we do a lot of times is because we're so focused on the outcome that we've came up with that we don't go to the conclusion that God has for us. We have to be willing to give up our conclusion, give up our outcome and say, you know what, Father, not, not the way how I want it to end. I want, I want to follow after what you want me to be, right? I, I'm not looking and trying to follow, chase after my dreams. I want to chase after God's dreams. Because only God dreams can be done, right? See, dreams that you come up with, right, those are limited. I hate to tell you, but God, God knows way more than I do. So if I can somehow wrap my mind around God's future for me, it's probably not God's future for me because I can't even wrap my mind around God, right? So what we mean by giving up our conclusion, we have to say, say, Father, I don't know how this is going to end, but that's not going to hold me back. I don't know where this is going, but that's not going to hold me back because I have given up my conclusion. It's not what I picture. It's what you picture for me. And see, we can't even begin to understand the fullness of God. We, we, it says we can't wrap our minds around the mysteries of heaven. And so we've got to stop chasing after our own conclusion and trust that God, right, is faithful. And trust that, hey, you know what, everything works out for good for those who believe, for those who love him. And so when Jesus tells, what well, was telling his, his disciples that he was telling, because they're falling after Jesus. And, and here's the thing you got to picture, right, the disciples, right, are falling after this man named Jesus who says he's the Messiah and the Savior. He's their fearless leader. And this, then he tells them, hey, in, in, a, in a few months, I, I'm going to die and rise again and go back up to heaven. And they're like, what are we going to do, right, right? And, but what, they, what they, they couldn't even wrap their mind around it. They thought they were going to go back to being a fisherman or going back to the, the old ways. They didn't know how it was going to work out or they didn't even know what the promise of the Holy Spirit was. But what did they do? They said, Father, I don't know how, Jesus, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to follow after you anyways. That's how we have to be because I'm telling you, if we try to wrap our mind around where God has taken us, we're never going to follow after him because we'll be too, too, concerned and too caught up and, and trying to figure out God. And let me tell you something, it's not our job. Our job is not to figure out God. That's not our job, right? Our job is to follow after God, right? Our job is not the outcome, right? That's not our job. 
our job is obedience. Amen? And so what we have to do, we have to give up our conclusion and say, Father, you know, although I really don't know how this is all going to end, I'm not focused on tomorrow. I'm focused on today. So what a lot of people do, they have so much fear of the future that they don't even follow after him today because they don't know how it's going to work out. And, and, they, and they are, they're frozen by fear because they have this conclusion in their mind and they don't know how exactly it's all going to work out, so they stay where they're at. But right, our job is not to come up with the outcome. We're not God, right? We're not capable of coming up with a, with a plan that, that will be good for everybody, right? We're, there's no way, right? So that, our job is not the outcome. Our job is obedience. Jesus says, all I require you, right, right is to carry your cross daily, right? Just follow after me every day, right? Don't look at tomorrow, right? Don't look at next month. Don't look at next year. Don't worry. I'll take care of that. If, as long as you just follow me today, right, our tomorrow is secured. Amen? Agree with me tonight? See, our job is to be obedient, and it's God's job to decide the outcome, right? It's our job just to say yes every day. That's all our job is. That's what that, see, sometimes I need, I need things to be simple, and so I was like, Father, what this simple thing, and God was just told me, like, Caleb, to say yes to me. That's all you got to do. Don't worry about how it's going to work out. They'll come up with this huge plan. Because, man, I used to be a planner. Well, I still am. But I used to have, like, a decade planned out, you know, trying to figure out. And God would tell me something and be like, well, Jesus, if I do that, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, you know, like, I like try, I'm trying to figure it out. But God had to break it down to me. He said, he was like, son, all you have to say is yes, that's it. You don't have to know how it's going to work out. You don't have to know who or, or what or when or where. All you have to do is say yes, right? So it's our job just to be obedient, and it's God's job just to figure out the outcome is on him. As I'm closing, did y'all enjoy tonight as I'm running out of time? Would y'all stand to y'all's feet? Mark chapter 10, verse 45, our closing scripture, it says this. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. As a ransom for many. The closing thought for tonight is that for us, that, for us not to hold anything back from Jesus, because Jesus didn't hold anything back from us. For us not to hold anything back from him, because let me tell you something, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was not, holding anything, was not holding anything back from us. At any moment when he was going through Calvary, at any moment when he was bearing the pain and the suffering that we should have took on, at any moment when he was, he was taking on, right, hell, death, and the grave, at any moment he could have stopped and, and held back, but he didn't. Jesus didn't hold anything back, and who's grateful that he didn't? Or else we wouldn't be here. But in the same way how Jesus didn't hold anything back, we can't hold anything back from Jesus. And say, Father, you have my all. And you see, what I, what I began to realize over 2019 and risk was risking it all on Jesus was the safest thing I could do. Going all out on Jesus was the smartest thing I could do. Because there was times when I would step out and said, I don't know how this is going to work out. And then I saw Jesus meet me there and said, you know what? That's way better than what I could have come up with. Right? We can't hold anything back from Jesus. We say, you know what, Father? Let the 2020, 
right? Let us not hold anything back from you. I want to be all out for Jesus. I don't want to be this one foot in, one foot out, and, and try to be comfortable and committed. I want to be all out for you, Jesus. I, want, I don't want to hold anything back. So what I want us to do is, and Haley, you can sing a song. I just want us this for five minutes, and we'll open the altars, and, and if you need prayer, we'll have the prayer team up here. And, but I just want us just to sing a song and say, you know what, Father, right, what am I holding back from you? What do I need to give up? What, what relationship is holding me back? What, what, what unforgiveness, what is on the inside of me that, that I am holding on to and not giving to you, Father, that is keeping me out of what you called me to be? And so I just want us to give the Holy Spirit a chance just to, to, for us to say yes to him and, and to see what we're holding back. So, Haley, whatever you want to see, and let's just, we, all, we always want to worship for five minutes, see what Jesus is going to do. Welcome in his presence. Welcome in the Savior. Let me tell you something. When Jesus enters this place, things don't have to stay the same. When grace enters this place, right, things don't have to stay the same. When the presence of Jesus enters the house of God, depression has to leave. That's what's awesome about Jesus is that he's the creator of heaven and earth. So when he enters our, the presence, right, when he enters this room, right, things that was don't have to be anymore because he's the creator of everything. So if you're in this place and you feel weary, you feel anxiety, and you feel like things are holding you back, just say yes to Jesus and he can change everything in a moment. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.